Hey, welcome to Speaking Highly with John Huck. I am your host, John Huck. And with me, until he decides he's found a better use of his time, is Indy Fawcett. <laughs> Hello, how you guys how doing? How are man? you, man? Good, I'm doing well. Good to see you, John. Nice. Good to see you. Good to see you. This is episode 13. Um, we are going to be diving into mystery science theater. Woo! Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, um... It's a show that I absolutely love, um, and I want. It's like one of those things. I get almost sad when someone's like, mm, "I don't like it," or "I've never seen it." And I'm like, "Oh," and it, and actually for for like what we did with in. Well, first of all, uh, you're good, right? I want to do some intros. I don't, we don't need you to jump right into it, but just want to make sure you're good. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. You had a good week. You had a good week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a good new year so far, um, you know, uh, just getting back into the swing of things, getting off vacation. Um, I got this suite in 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 the uh, uh, in the name of MS MS. God, I'm not MST three MST three K. I have it's hard to say it is hard to say for a newbie, but I have this drone that just starts flying when you drop it. Watch this. Hold on. Let me see if it works. Oh, my God. Oh. oh. If anyone's... <laughs> but it's really cool. I thought it'd be... Uh... Oh. I thought it'd be really nice. And, uh... Uh... I thought it'd be if fun anyone... for the episode. So, If anyone is just listening and they didn't see that, they're probably like, there was a horrible accident. Yeah, Somebody's it's just a killed. cheap, cheap drone that I got for Christmas. Um, so, yeah, that's cool though. That's cool, and that is kind of that is in the um, vein of the show in the Definitely. sense that it seems like a homemade robot in a way. Um, uh, I wanted to also mention really quick uh, the artwork that we have for our show. Uh, Indy made up a sign, but the drawing, yeah, the drawing of me in the sign was done by a gentleman named Michael Jacobson, who has a an Instagram account which is at Copenhagen Poster, and he does that. all kinds of drawings like that. I He was a gentleman that I found his artwork online, was extremely, i like, oh man, I really like these, these pictures he draws, and I hit him up. Hey, I'm a comic in Los Angeles. I really like your art. I was wondering if I could like talk to you about possibly using a drawing of me by you on the cover of my next um, comedy album. And he hit me back pretty quick and said, I already know who you are. And in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm world, I'm world famous. And he's like, we worked on a commercial together in Prague, uh, like in 2008. And I was like, oh my God, he was a producer on this thing I had done over there years wow. ago. So he already knew who I was. We already got along. We'd have been dinner. We'd had drinks. We'd hung out in Prague together. So he drew that. When I told him what I was looking for, he drew that picture was the first thing he came back with. Not colored in, yeah. but then I was like, that's exactly what I want. That's, that's great. Exact, I couldn't have described it any more perfect than that, I don't think. You know? Yeah, and also I'm seeing a trend line of among you re-interacting with people you've already met. And not knowing it, yeah, it dude. It, it, you <laughs> know what? That. I mean, it 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 happens. I guess. Uh, the like, I think that's just more proof that the world is such a small. Like it's it seems so massive. Like for if I were to try to walk across Los Angeles right now, it would be this uh, a, a massive undertaking. And it's just so spread out. It's so wide. It's so big. But the entire planet 
I mean, I've been on a small island in Greece and off of Greece and, ta- and, and somebody in the room next to me knew people from the rival high school where I'm from. Really? Like friends of mine. Like it, it, the, the world is so small. That is and insane, it's like, man. someone said this to me too. I think it was in college. I, I mean, obviously it was because I went to a small school. I would go to parties. I'd get hammered. I'd be a nuisance. And the next day, people would be like, oh, hey, we had a good time last night at the party. And I wouldn't remember them or I wouldn't remember what they were talking about. And I'd be like, I'd be like, if you say so. And then I I was talking about that one day. Like, it always happened to me. I felt like I couldn't keep anyone's name in my head or I didn't, didn't remember meeting these people, but they all seemed to know who I was. And a friend said, and I believe this is true for most people, uh, but more people know you than you know people. Does that make sense? Uh, like more people would go, oh yeah, Indy, I know I know of him through so-and-so, through so-and-so, than right. you actually know. That's interesting. I've never thought about it that way. And I could be wrong. And someone listening is going, you're full of shit. But, but that's how <laughs> it feels. It feels like... It feels like I say that I say that's true. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I I feel like I know a lot of people. I've met a lot of people. I you know, my fucking phone is full of names and phone numbers and stuff. But I feel more people. And again, I think this is true for most everyone. But more people know who you are than you know who people are. If that makes sense. That's that's my deep thought of the day, man. Deep thought of the day. Interesting. (laughs) We we coming at it quick from episode two. Love it. We are going to expand some minds. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give Michael a shout out because I think his yeah. art is amazing, and I think awesome. if you guys, if you're looking to check it out, it's at Copenhagen uh, Poster on Instagram. Awesome. Um, yeah, man. So that's it. I want to get that out of the way, and now I do want to talk about Mystery Science Theater. Um, what I was going to say earlier is this is the kind of show when when someone says they don't know it or they've never seen it. If if they don't if they tell me they don't like it, it's kind of a good gauge for me as like oh is this someone who and not not to dismiss someone entirely but like right. you know someone who says oh I love mystery science theater chances are me and that person could sit down ha- have a drink together hang out for a minute and really find some common ground and find something to laugh about pretty quick you know especially if we're talking about mystery science theater. But like then people like you who say very unfamiliar, never really heard of it. I can't even say the acronym. Right. But, but, you know, it took me, that's a lot of practice. MST3K. And you have to really know what you're saying in order to get the whole, I I don't know. But, but you say this, this thing, this cultural phenomenon missed you. Like, You never had friends that were into it. You never, and you never, you'd never seen an episode. Um, you just unfamiliar, correct? You knew of it. Literally right? knew of it because of Netflix and because of you, frankly. So because, because of this re-up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, well, when it was, I think when it was launched in Netflix, I think it was 2018 or 20. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, yeah 2017, 2018. I had saw, seen it on the, you know, come up in my you know, feed or whatever. And then I like the trailer that like auto plays, I like saw it and like, I was like, Oh, that's fun. And then just, you know, as you do just keep moving on, but I've never, I don't yeah. have that background. So like, I just never dumped into it, d- uh, dived in. Right. But, but right. Yeah. The show, it started in 1988. So, um, before oh, wow. you were born asshole. And, um, <laughs> that was before my uh, brother was born and he's older than me. <laughs> Cool. I hate your whole family. Awesome. 
1988, though, I mean, this is, we're talking three years after the Bears record the Super Bowl shuffle. We're talking a year the Cubs all looked pretty good, you know, 88. Yeah. Like, 88 it was a long time ago. But um, this Joel Hodgson is the creator. Um, it's kind of his brainchild. This guy, and we'll talk about this with our interview with our guest in the interview with our guest today, but this guy was in Hopkins, Minnesota. He was a comic. He was doing his thing there, and he was starting to get bigger and kind of rising to the top of that scene. And when that happens, and it's the same for most places, but people kind of rise up to the top of their local scene, and then they decide, should I go to New York? Should I go to LA? Should I go to, for if you're in the Midwest, should I go to Chicago? Is that, are these places, you know, that would benefit me with what I'm trying to do? Right. Joel goes out to LA, and he starts to kind of, I mean, more than a lot of us, he starts getting offers. He starts getting scripts passed his way. It's like, hey, you want to be in this thing with this other pretty famous guy? And as he reads these things that he's being sent, he's not impressed or amused with them. Like, he's like, these aren't funny. These aren't good, you know? And that is fair. That's a fair critique for a lot of... Right. It, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of bad bad TV that that gets pushed and that gets made and he didn't want anything to do with it so he went back to Minnesota instead of taking the bait instead of being the guy that's just in whatever people tell him to be in because that's where the money is he's like nah I'll just and he went back and got like a job at a video store or a job like a local wow. thing doing nothing he could still do comedy you know he could still right. but more importantly he was writing and coming up with his own ideas so he pitched an idea to a station manager at this local like cable access in Minnesota, and the guy was like, "Yeah, sure." And that thing was Mystery Science Theater. The oh, wow. premise, the premise is so beautifully simple, and I guess it it is kind of specific in the sense that you have to have a love of uh, bad movies. You have to have an understanding. Oh, I love bad movies. Yeah, and you, and you really have to have an understanding that these things weren't made by the people that made them to be bad. They were made with an effort, with Love. an attempt to right. make to make a horror movie, to make a science fiction movie, to make, you know, um uh, you know, a suspense film, whatever it is. They none of these were purposely like let's set out and make a cheeky kind of bad funny movie. These movies were made with the intention of being these amazing pieces of cinema right. and Joel Hodgson came up with the idea and this is something we've all done right you're watching a bad movie with your friends you just start ripping on it start busting balls no matter what from set design to the wardrobe to the dialogue to the directing to the shots to the actors to everything you can just right. make fun of something that's really bad and it's hours of entertainment and Joel took this simple idea of like making fun of bad movies because thinking about buying the rights to an old bad movie probably not that expensive so he the idea the show premise if you will just so for you for anybody who doesn't know the show premise is it's a show within a show actually so oh. Joel Joel is the um He's the man. Simply put, Joel was a janitor at a science fiction gizmo plant. And Naturally. his bosses hated him, so they launched him into space to run an experiment <laughs> where they would inundate him with terrible movies and force him to watch these movies 
is as a way to break him down and destroy him, right? Wow. What so Joel uses the parts that would stop and start the movies and he makes robots out of them. So he has friends when he's in outer space. So now him and his robot buddies watch these movies that are they're being forced to watch. And because they can all interact, instead of being tortured, they just make fun of the movies. So it drives their bosses insane. And, and, and they keep it. That's and, a great and in between, premise. It is, right? And in between, they'll do like, within a movie, they'll do commercial breaks and in that break, there'll be a, sh a sketch. I don't, I don't like to call them sketches really, but like Joel will interact with the robots in something they're trying to do, usually related to the movie. So they are kind of like comedic interstitial, interstitial sketches that go along with the show. So it That's gives cool. you the characters who are watching and you see the silhouette cut out. It's a very famous at this point now. It's a very famous looking thing, but it's those guys oh, that's interacting with each other. That's what that's from. Yes, oh, it's those three. I know it's, that. I know the silhouette. It's Joel. Yeah. yeah, it's Joel and then the two robots next to him. He's in the middle and yeah. uh, t Crow's on the right and Tom Servo's on the left. Um, I gotta say, I gotta him. say though, in whatever world this takes place in, that's an incredibly inefficient way to mess with somebody's psyche. Like it's so co it's so costly, cost effective. You have to hire a management team. You got to put them in outer space. Like, if these people who hate Joel, what are they doing? Like, how do they have so much money? Like, <laughs> that's it's, it's so nonsensical, right? And then all the that's every, what's just hilarious about it. Yeah, yeah. It's and and the sets the sets are purposefully, I think, purposefully janky. Um, you know, right. like there's nothing like when they're doing their sketches, they didn't go big budget. It's not supposed to look like Star Wars. It's not. It's supposed to look like these a janitor hateful, got thrown up scientist right. sent a janitor up to space yeah and now he's kind of fucked and stuck up there but with they weren't sure how the show was going to go they were they did i think six or eight episodes uh this guy from um whatever it is kt whatever in uh, minnesota uh ktma mm -hmm. uh jim mellon mallon m-a-l-l-o-n but he was the production manager there joel pitches him the idea and he goes yeah so they they plan they do like six or eight of these uh, oh, no, no. They did 13, wasn't it? They did 13. Nope. Yeah, they did 13. And then uh, they weren't sure how these were going to go. And just kind of by chance, the first one, the first two launched on Thanksgiving Day of 1988. So that was just kind of happenstance, I guess. But it became a very... MST3K is now a Thanksgiving tradition for a lot of people. It's It's become like a turkey day thing but that it was all kind of by chance they launched the first two episodes they weren't sure how it was going to go they set up some phone lines so people could call in and give them if they liked it whatever the phone lines lit up everyone was so wow. pumped and so happy that they took the initial 13 and extended it to 21 episodes for that first season right so they were like they were pumped and by the end of that run on the it was like a year run on that channel that channel went bankrupt so the show smartly joel and jim had maintained the rights to the show so they started pitching it around and sent a seven minute sizzle reel to this is so funny because again <laughs> before your time the comedy channel which was there were two channels on cable that ran comedic content one was called the ha network and one was called the comedy channel the ha network had a news segment called comedy central 
Eventually, really? the two networks combined and became Comedy Central. Wow. And the, it, it was that all owned by Viacom at, the, at that time? That I don't know. I That's believe, I, I, I don't know how deep or how far back Viacom goes, right. but like those two channels combined, because I remember I used to watch the Comedy Channel and then I would go over to the Ha Network. And then one day I was like, Comedy Central, isn't that the Ha Network thing? And then it was just. Wow. Comedy Central. Wow. So, and again, this is before internet. I couldn't like look up how this merger happened. Or, I mean, I'm sure I right. could now, but right. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, you were like, hey, but, I can I can laugh easier now. I don't have to go on two channels. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of. It was like, right. oh, I go, well, that was smart. Now we're not going back and forth. Right. Now everything exactly. is in one place. It's like, you don't even think that that's probably actually in the long run bad for everything. But this is <laughs> <Right. laughs> no competition, nobody doing anything different. Um, but yeah, so... They sent this seven-minute thing to the Comedy Channel, and the Comedy Channel, getting mustache hair in my mouth. <laughs> That's good for the viewers, right? <laughs> the Comedy Channel uh, loved it, and they bought. They only bought. They bought two shows right off the bat, and one of them was Mystery Science Theater. So it immediately started new episodes coming out. Um, as they were licensing the movies, they were working on them and everything. It, you know, it ran on Comedy Central till 96, I think. And then it was canceled on Comedy Central. And then Comedy Central, then um, they sold it to Sci-Fi. And the Sci-Fi Network ran it from 97 to 99. And then canceled it, but ran reruns until 2004. So I remember... Oh, interesting. Okay. Like, this, the show really spanned, like, my formative year, my most formative years, I guess, because... In 89, I was, you know, uh, 88, 89, I was going into high school. And I remember I was walking from my bedroom to the kitchen and my dad was in the living room and he goes, hey, come here, what do you think of this? Look at this. And I walk in there and he's watching Comedy Central and it's a mystery science theater episode. And I'm see, I see the silhouettes of the first thing I see. I'm like, I thought he was watching an advertisement. So I'm like, well, what is this? And he's like, they're watching a bad movie. And I'm like, what? He's like, they're watching an old movie and they're making fun of it. And I kind of watched like, That's and I was hilarious. like, oh, but part of me, because I was a young fucking asshole was like, oh, this is probably some dumb shit for my dad. Like, this is probably some old man stuff, you know? Right. But like, at the same time, knowing what I know now, that's the exact kind of stuff that I end up getting into. Like, you know, Laurel and Hart, all the stuff my dad showed right. me and liked was stuff that just stuck so it would make sense that the next time i watched mystery science theater i basically pissed my pants laughing because it was everything you wanted it was like you're making fun of these terrible movies and my dad used to always talk about um old bad sci-fi and horror like he would saw them i don't know if you know that movie it's like yeah. uh, old black and white giant ants giant ants right and for the time like when you watch that movie now, you're like, ah, that's silly. But for the time, the the special effect of clearly these ants being filmed and then blown up to a point, you know, <laughs> right. it was, it was, it's it laughable was now. Special, right. it's laughable now, but yeah. it was pretty impressive back then. And my dad's like, those movies scared the shit out of people. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, and and he loved that kind of like. You know, he watched movies and he would always, he wouldn't necessarily always bag on them, but it was always like if he could find a flaw or he could find something to point out, he did like that. So like watching that was just, it, it just made sense for him. You know, he was into it immediately. And then I slowly just started really catching on. And, um, I, you know, I guess 
my brother got into it. And then as far as like my friends, my close knit friends, we had, uh, there were two brothers, the Ortizes, Mike and Keith, and they were friends with me and my brother. And they came over, we were supposed to go skiing one day. We're going to Wisconsin for the weekend with my parents. And they came over the night before and we watched like two mystery science theater movies. And they had, this is the first time I ever saw, they do shorts, like little educational industrial shorts. Like again, (laughs) if you're not in the entertainment industry or you're not an actor who's had to struggle, like you're, these are things you can be offered. Sometimes they'll be like, Hey, would you, you know, if there's a spot they're looking to audition for an industrial short, which could mean a video about how not to lift with your back. You know what I mean? It could be like a work, a workplace safety video. It could be a high school dating video. It could be a how-to video from back in the day. And they find these magically shitty, ridiculous shorts, and they lay into them. And they're, and when I say lay into them, they don't, they don't overdo it. It's not like how you have the one friend who will be like, "Hey, that was funny when I said it the first time. I'm going to say it 500 right. more times." It's not that. It's a quick, you have to pay attention. Yeah. It's so quick and so funny. And and even when you think there's nothing going on, there's something going on. It's, it's, it's hard to explain, but I'm hoping that just by my pure excitement, I hope it's coming through and people want to check it out because it's just such a smart, simple, it's so simple to me. The idea is so simple and it's just so... It's just hours of entertainment. You know what yeah. I mean? It it really is. It's um like and like I said, they did the the Thanksgiving Day thing was by accident. Um, and then it became a Turkey Day marathon. You know, Comedy Central in nineteen ninety one, I think, was the first one they did, but Thanksgiving they just ran thirty hours of Mystery Science Theater, right? And as a as a kid, I was like, this is fucking awesome. As an adult, I'm like, what a genius way to program your station for a day and not have to have anyone come to work. Like, that's it. We're exactly. showing these 12 mystery science theaters and that's the day. Don't worry about it. Like, um, but I just think, uh, I really just think it's just a, and it's family friendly. It's not, they don't, there's not a lot, there's no crude, it's not gross out humor. It's not right. like, um, it's, it's shit you could watch. Like I watched with my dad. I watched with my mom. You could watch with your grandparents if, if, if they had a good sense of humor. It's like saying the thoughts that you would have had anyway. You know, yes. it just, but like in, yes. a, in a quirky, weird setting with a weird context. And that and usually, like lends itself to film history or like sci-fi or, you know, like, like a, um, it's not just some, you know, film nerd, for lack of a better term, who just loves movies and wants to talk about it. It's like a whole world of in and of itself. And yes. they watch the stuff that's from Earth that that we have that we could see too, you know. So it's it's just a really cool thing, and I'm excited to uh, I'm like excited to you know uh, be a fly on the wall in your and and uh, Jonah's conversation. Yeah, up. our yeah. guest our guest today is the third host of the show. So after Joel was the created the show, he left mid season of season five to just be a producer and a writer. Didn't want to be on camera anymore. So Mike Nelson. Uh, one of the writers of the show came in and took his spot. Uh, Mike ended up when the show was canceled in 99, Mike went on to do other things. And when they decided to bring the show back and actually I should say Mike and two guys, Kevin Murphy and Bill Corbett from a couple of the original seasons 
do a thing called riff tracks now. Riff tracks is the same exact thing as Mystery Science Theater, except that the puppets aren't involved. It's straight riffing to the movie. There's no sketches in between, and they usually do them live to theaters full of people, and they are fucking hilarious. That's awesome. So funny. And then Joel does does a thing called Cinematic Titanic, where they kind of look like they're like four people who are doing the riffing stand on what looks like they're on a ship, like the bows of a ship, and then they watch the movie and they riff on it as it as it comes up. Also fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like just the the minds that are involved, it's all very well done. It's very funny. And then to Joel was kicking around the idea of bringing the show back. And they did what, I think this worked for Super Troopers, it's worked for a couple of pretty phenomenal movies, but in 96, Mystery Science Theater did one movie. They put out a movie in the theater that was the same as the show. It was an hour and a half long with the sketches, and they watched a movie called This Island Earth. Hilarious. But that was right after that was when Comedy Central canceled them. Mm. So they start to kind of kick around this idea. They put together a Kickstarter, and they raise... In a record amount of time, they raised $5.7 million. So they exceeded what they needed for sure. And then with that, the knowledge that people were excited. Obviously, if right. they're giving that kind of money, they want this fucking show made. Right. So it, that was great. And then when we talk to our guest, he'll give us the rundown of how. But Jonah Ray, a guy I've known just in passing, working around LA, doing stand-up, in and out of different rooms and clubs. He started some rooms at a comic book shop here that got very famous and became a its own Comedy Central show called Nerd Melt. Um, he had a show called Hidden America uh, that was on, it's, I think it ran on um, CISO, was yeah, the, that def defunct network um, now, but um, it was kind of its own interesting take on um, uh, a travel show, kind of, uh, an American travel show, but very well done, very funny. A lot of people I knew involved in that, very talented. And then he met you know, Joel Hodgson, Jonah met Joel Hodgson, and they just kind of hit it off. And Joel and Jonah will tell us more about that, but that's that's where we're at, I mean, they raised so much money. They did one season called The Return for Netflix. It was 14 episodes. Um, and I, honestly, I talk about this too in the interview a little bit, but there's there's a trend lately now, of, especially lately, it seems more so now, bringing back old shows, bringing yeah. back shows that were on like Will and Grace. And again, I'm not... I'm not shitting on any of these shows. I'm just saying there's a trend to bring things back that were very popular once that have kind of had their time in the spotlight to bring them back and to sort of shove them down people's throats right. again. I, I've seen in my in my recent timeline, you know, it's like things that when I was a kid, they're bringing back now, now that my generation has money to spend on it, right? So a yeah. lot of SpongeBob, a lot of like stuff that I grew up with is just- now you're going to take your kids. Right, exactly. And I'm like, oh, I'll buy the box set for SpongeBob now that I have a set, you know, a job, you know, yep. <laughs> you know, and, sure. and so it's, it's just kind of like riding that way, like here, grow up with this, then get jobs and pay for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a really interesting point The bring it back so you can market it at the people who used to watch it and they'll buy right. it for their kids. Right. It is, it is a 
consumer based formula, I'm sure, you know, but with mystery science theater, the beauty of it is because every movie is different. Well, it's a consumption based show. Like that's, what's so cool about it. Yeah. Well, it is, but I mean, every movie being different, every show is different. You know what I mean? Every episode is different because if it's sci-fi, if it's horror, if it's, you know, a short, if it's whatever, and so the and the actors in there are different. So the cast technically changes every episode, even though the f- main cast that we know is there, but the cast of the movies changes, and it's just a right. different thing. It's like going to work and every day being kind of a surprise, you know. Yeah. But the beauty of these guys, because Jonah got Hampton Yount and Baron Vaughn to play his sidekicks, who are guys that I've also known in the comedy scene, known in the comedy world. Baron is everywhere at this point grace and frankie and like six other things oh, yeah I think. but um but jonah was able to get his buddies involved and do this thing that as he explains it is the reason he got into entertainment he was such a fan growing up that it made him want to be funny and entertain people and now he's on the thing that made him want to do the thing wow. it's a very it's very storybook, if you will, yeah. you know? Um, not a lot of people get to have that kind of experience. And um, he was nice enough to sit down and talk to us for a little while. And um, here's our interview with, uh, yeah, Jonah Ray, everybody, from Mystery Science Theater. All right, uh, Jonah Ray, thank you for joining us today. Um, just a quick little intro on you. Um, Probably people know you from uh, the Nerdist podcast, uh, Nerd Melt on Comedy Central. And in the last 10 years, I would say you've kind of popped up in just about everything I've watched. You, you know what I mean? Like here or there, it's just kind of, you're, all, you're oh, yeah, there he is. And my second favorite credit, um, you played Dell in Hatchet 4. And I've, I love those movies. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but I don't think you're going to see Jonah at the end of that movie. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a contractual thing. Again, not spoiling yeah. it. Um, but my my favorite, this was, and again, I don't want to give the viewer or listener the, like, that I'm, the impression that I, like, I know we don't know each other that well. And when you got this gig as the host of Mystery Science Theater, again, I only knew you in passing, hi, here or there, but it felt it felt in a way like I had gotten it, <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning like it is, it's come to the people that it was made for are now running the ship kind of deal. Like, and, and I don't know, I hope this analogy hasn't been made because I was thinking about it last night. If I was going to explain this to someone who didn't understand what Mystery Six Theater was or the importance of the host necessarily on a show like that, um, and I don't even know if you'd call it host, but I think that's a, probably a, a fair, a fair term. Um, but if you think about the tonight show, uh, Steve Allen was the first. So that would be like Joel Hodgson created the show was the main guy. Then Mike Nelson would be the Jack Parr who came on after Steve Allen. And then even though the, and those guys, you can't, I mean, what Joel did is he created this thing that that so many people love, but like you are now in the Johnny Person chair. You know what I mean? Wow. No, that's, uh, I mean, I guess chronologically, yeah, I lucked out with the Johnny Carson because uh, it could have easily been Leno if, if they yeah. had gotten. 
it could have been Conan and then you're there for two minutes and then yeah. Well, no, you know, that that is funny, though, because like the, the joke I was always saying is like, uh, I'm the Chris Eccleston of uh, Mystery Science Theater, who was, you know, the, the the Doctor Who that when they revived it. And so and uh, but yeah, no, the uh, I that's a that's a huge. Thank you for saying that. I never no one ever put it in the uh, Tonight Show. Good. Uh, I'm analogy. Glad. I'm yeah, glad. I was thinking about it. Um, I I got it like. I understand, you know, you were, you were doing uh, nerd melt. You're doing nerds like Just real quick. So I didn't mean, I didn't want to not in the mood of uh, cr uh, correcting the host, yeah. uh, but uh, the, the show was called the meltdown, which was a show Sorry. before, before the space became nerd melt. It was, it was uh, before that ever happened. It was the meltdown. It's like, and I only say this cause uh, it was Emily Gordon, who was the producer of the show. Very adamant about that. Well, so. And also I want people to be able to, if they want to go back and look for it, I want them to have the right, you know what I mean? I want them to be able yeah, to. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. The Meltdown with Joan and Camille. Yeah. And also, you know, you had that show, uh, Hidden America, which I, I think got not promoted enough and we'll probably do a whole episode on just that because oh. it was so original and, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's worth talking about and more TV like that getting made. But uh, as far as Mystery Science Theater mm -hmm. goes, like, I, you know, I, have you always loved bad movies? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I I loved horror movies, like bad horror movies. Like that was the, I didn't go too much into sci-fi or fantasy films. Um, but cause I was born in 82 and had, and we had cable and we had HBO and all they ever showed was bad horror movies. And that's really like, you know, my generations, you know, cause Joel, like when he was growing up, there was nothing but bad sci-fi on. Have you ever heard of him? Yes, yeah, Sanguli out of the Midwest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, all right, out of Illinois. It's like we every Sunday was just terrible sci-fi, terrible horror, like old fifties movies. Yeah, and that's yeah. like a, I, me and my friends would just get like any horror. You know, any horror was good horror to us. Yeah. Um, so I did always have like a, an affinity for it, and also uh, you know when in '94 I was 12, and that's when Ed Wood came out, and um, which you know became my favorite movie, and oh. I, that's, that's right when I started kind of getting into like you know like Mystery Science Theater I started like in that, and then I started kind of researching bad movies, and then Ed Wood came out, and I was just like, it was this all kind of happened, and when you're 12, that's when things really start to like solidify and nail down what your interests are going to be, Absolutely. hopefully for the rest of your life, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or at least at least for that, and that that's the kind of thing that did stick with you for the rest of your life you know it was um uh i don't know i just i i feel like i used to be kind of harsh on bad movies if like i didn't like an actor or i was like oh I, this movie sucks and then slowly i started to realize and i think this was through kind of the help of with the help of mystery science theater that to make a movie of any kind is a is a pretty impressive feat you know what i mean and well you've done enough you've done enough in the industry to know that it's it's hard it's really hard i'm amazed that anything gets made ever yeah exactly right. even even like when you're on like on set doing something like no one's no one's like trying to make a bad movie everyone's no. trying their well, best that's thing is like there are no when you watch a bad movie it can't have been made purposely bad you know yeah. what I mean? There's, there's a like if if Tommy Wiseau had made the room to be a bad comedy, 
nobody would ever talk about it. It would have been gone a long time ago. They have to have gone, they have to have swung for the fences and done their best because there's a lot of like heart that needs to be behind. That's it. It has to feel like that they meant to do that. Yeah. Yes. And that, that, you know, there was a big uh, argument in the second, the gauntlet season of um, uh, um, Mr. Sancier, but like when Joel's like, oh yeah, we're going to do, um, we're going to do Atlantic Rim. And I was like, and for some reason, like those, those movies, I was, I was like, no, I don't know. Those are bad on purpose. It's like, oh, that's that Sharknado. Yeah. but then like uh, someone broke it down to me and they're like, they're like, no, 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 no. Like Sharknado stuff, that's bad on purpose. That's not, we would never do that. We actually made fun. We had a whole sketch about that in the first season. Um, but it was like, he was like, these are the new, this company is the new Roger Corman. Like they're just trying to like trick people into watching. But yeah, like, accidentally like, renting Transmorphers instead of Transformers yes. and accidentally. Yeah, dude, it's, but there's, but there is something cause I'd heard of Atlantic Rim before it, before I saw it on, on the gauntlet and I was like, didn't I? And I remember I saw Pacific Rim in the theater and you could have made fun of that movie relentlessly for hours at a time. But yeah. Yeah. Atlantic Rim just had a, a little bit more machismo to it where you're yes. like, what is going on here? <laughs> but, dude, uh, I really feel like in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, society, in a society, in a business that keeps bringing back old shows and sort of cramming them down people's throats, like, well, People liked Will and Grace 20 years ago, so let's bring it back. And and this isn't to shit on Will and Grace, and this isn't to shit on people who have these ideas to bring these things back, but like sometimes it feels very unnecessary and stale and kind of past its prime. But with Mystery Science Theater, there is no, like you guys picked up the ball and kept running, and it really was like the show never went away, you know? And, and reruns might have helped that and the DVDs I have and the fact that I keep watching, yeah. but... I was so happy. I mean, the first the first season you guys did was so funny. And that gauntlet, I mean, I remember being in a chair in this shitty apartment in New York. My wife was working out there and I, she's trying to get ready. And I'm like, I got to watch this. I'm watching it on my phone. <laughs> and just through Mac and me to Atlantic Rim, I couldn't stop crying. I was laughing so hard, dude. I mean, thank you. What I mean, you got Baron and Hampton who are your friends, I assume, before going into this at all. Yeah. So you kind of introduce, first of all, how did you and Joel, how did that come about it? I mean, that says you guys met on a podcast and that's fine, but like <laughs> there has to be more there. Yeah. Than it's funny. I like, it's like, cause I, I've read that too, where it's like, so you guys met on a podcast. I'm like, well, yeah, kind of <laughs> like it simplifies, you know, uh, a friendship. Um, yeah. But like we had met briefly, um, you know, a couple years before that, just through Dana Gould at one of those Super Bowl events that like he helped kind of put together. It was just in passing. Uh, and then he was in, uh, Joel Hodgson was in town and he was a guest on Nerdist. Um, and, you know, I've listened like on the Nerdist, we had tons of people that I was huge fans of. I didn't become buddies like, you know, uh, Mel Brooks didn't cast me anything. Tom Hanks didn't put me in it. You know, it's like um, so we just met and it was just that. It's just what it was and like you know i told him i was a big fan of it and then but like the next night i went to a screening of the wayne white documentary uh beauty is embarrassing at cinefamily and wayne white was going to be there and wayne white's an incredible artist and it was a, a, i was looking forward to the doc and um you know and then joel happened to be there and he was moderating the q a and he like saw me in the audience and he said oh, hey man you're from yesterday i was like yeah 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 and like we talked a bit about art and you know stuff like that and the film scene and 
Um, and then the next night I was coming back from some show on the West side and, uh, I was on the way back. I was like, I'll oh, stop by, you know, meltdown, the nerd melt because, uh, uh, they were doing Harmontown. And so I, you know, I swung by and then Joel was happened to be doing, was a guest on Harmontown. And he's, he's like, Hey man, are you stalking me? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if you're going to be at these places. And we kind of talked some more and just kind of, Know, just as any of us are just running into people with similar interests and i'm gonna say obviously the similar interests are there you keep seeing them at these random events yeah yeah so, exactly you know. so you know we just and then um he just called me like a couple weeks ago i think i was at the time i was writing on the soup um and he you know he called me and he's like hey man i just want to say it was really cool getting to know you and then i looked at some of your stuff online and it's really cool and then we just and then we just started talking about you know, whatever we started talking about, like Husker Du and the Minutemen, and you know, just like it's stuff like that. Yeah, and you got a pretty music taste, so yeah, if, if you can keep up with you on that. That's pretty good. Yeah, and so like it was just really kind of fun to kind of just become friends with them, and then it was always just something he would say, like offhandedly, like yeah, you know, like if we ever end up figuring out how to do Mystery Science Theater again, it'd be cool to have you involved somehow, like maybe as a writer well, or something like that. Fuck. I mean, Jesus, just yeah. that would keep me up at night going, okay, well, how can we get this thing back on? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's exactly. Go. And you know, you know, like, it's like you hear those things in like, in, in oh. this, I, I always say the term, but like in this business, Yeah. <laughs> you know, you hear that stuff, like you hear, like, it's like, you know, you'd be so great in this role. It's like, well, yeah. Like once we get this main man and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, you know, it's like, yeah, in the text clears. yeah, yeah exactly. And so I kind of just, so I was like, wow, wouldn't that be a trip? And then, you know, a couple months ago by, he'd call again, we'd catch up and just chat or, you know, and then like one time he was, he had to write some jokes for um, a screening of uh, uh, like one of the Channel 101 Channy Awards oh. things, the thing that Harmon and Trapp do. And like, he's like, I need to, I need to write some jokes. So would you want to help me with that? And I was like, sure. Yeah. And then we sat down, we wrote about a bunch of jokes, you know, um, and we just kind of started having like, he's like, oh, you're really sharp. And, you know, maybe, and then it was just always kind of like he would kick down the road. Then one day he's like, I think we're really starting to get, get something together where we'll do the, the show. But I was thinking about it, man, like you should be the guy. And then I go, what do you mean? Like, he's like, you should be the, the, the guy, the me, the Mike, you should be the new guy. And I was like, ah, okay. Um, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. Again, like, to talk to? do you have to clear yeah. that with anybody? Is there a yeah. command? Like what? It was, it was just like, it was so just Joel. And that's such a Joel kind of like, yeah, you should do it. Um, so never once in your mind when he's like, we're going to get this thing going and we're going to try to get you involved somehow. Were you thinking I'll be the guy, I'll be the no. man. No, there was never one moment. And even at that point where he said that, there was still like another year and a half, maybe like where he was like thinking like, maybe to get ready to do the show, we'll open up a theater in Philadelphia called the Mystery Science Theater. And then we'll just do live shows. And you can fly out, you and your wife will move out to Philly. <laughs> like seven nights a week. And I'm just like, um, oh, I don't I'm talk to my wife about living in Philadelphia. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, she'll be a part of it too. And like, I was like, I, you know, we're, I, you know, I'm doing the show like with the, my friends Kumail and Emily. Like, yeah, you know, we're doing the meltdown. Like, I think we might turn this into a TV show. Um, he's like, oh, I don't know, man. You probably just, but don't. Isn't this what you like? Don't you like Mystery Science? I was like, please don't make me. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because things are like that's when things kind of started kind of cooking in the career in general. And um, and it was weird to be like, I don't know if I can move out to Philly, Joel. Uh, if that means not being on the show, I don't. I don't know how to handle that. Um, but then he, of course, Joel like has these ideas and he talks about them and he says them like they're going to happen. But it's his way of kind of, you know, carving out the. Yeah, that's how he writes. He writes out loud. 
Like he'll, exactly. he'll sort of figure it out and whittle it away and get exactly it yeah. out of there. And then yeah, my my analogy is always been like Joel. Like if he was a sculptor, he'd be like he'd bring you like a block of marble. He's like, there it is, and you'd be like, what is it? Like, oh my god, hold on, click 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 click. click, click, click. You couldn't well, see it. Like, I kind of I I think it's like a is it like a a guy is that, is that, oh gee here we go click 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 you know just he sees it and you he, yeah. you have to just wait yeah i mean that's yeah. that's very uh again uh, taking me back to when i was talking about the um shows coming back and like oh yeah the kickstarter thing alone um i mean it was the it was a record you know that put the thing out and bam you were already uh picked to be the host when that went in too right so people knew they yeah. weren't like um sh surprise or there was no announcement like that it was like this is this is our cast this well, is what we do give us they, some money. they started the kickstarter um uh i think like a few days before i was they started announcing cast members and i remember seeing the numbers go up and i'd already shot my bits for the videos that were going to be dropped for like you know like that's there in the yeah exactly it's like i'd already shot the like me showing up and going like hey i'm the new guy kind of thing for the Kickstarter, and I remember just kind of like, as I saw how much money the Kickstarter was making without me being involved, involved, I was, uh, I was like, oh god, they're gonna like make so much money that they're gonna go, hey, sorry, man, we're really quick, you're out, we're gonna get Seth Rogen to do it, like, or, you know, I just kind of had this like fear that that would happen. Honestly, I think if you were dealing with anyone besides Joel, that is a very, it's a way stronger possibility than from from what I have studied and learned about him he went out to la from minnesota with chops and people were like hey man you want to be in this thing with these actors and this other thing he, he had offers and and everything that he saw to his credit was dumb he was like nah, yeah. this is fucking stupid i don't want to do this so instead of doing what most of us would do would be like yeah i better be in this dumb fucking sitcom because i gotta get money and that's how you act and yeah. he goes nah and he goes back to minnesota yeah, he kind of stopped doing comedy. He was like, you know, he was on Letterman and SNL all the time. Yeah, and then yeah. just like, nah, that's not if that's how they're going for me. I'm gonna go back and then just ruminate on ideas and things, and then come up with such a simple concept that is so um, timeless mm -hmm. that, like, since the dawn of motion pictures, we've had bad movies. They're never going to stop. Like this is, I'm sure you're going to hate this reference, um, but I look at it as like um, a Grateful Dead type thing, where <laughs> where like it, it, the music just keeps going. And for mm -hmm. the people who really like it, yes, we're going to get made fun of for loving John Mayer all of a sudden. But like yeah. for the people who really like it, that shit doesn't matter. You can make fun of me all you want because I'm still obsessed with the music and it's still being done well at, at a level that I find acceptable and I'm still going to go see it. You know what I mean? And that's I know I, to I totally get that's that is a great analogy where it's like it's refreshed and it's um, it's less about the details and more about the overall idea and experience of uh, of the thing. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, the there's a modernness now even when the movies are older with with you guys it's like the things that we all know what iphones are now and you know there's references that just fucking slay me because they're so every day now you know what i mean it's just there's just you guys really did was, a good job of not missing a beat thank you i mean and that was you know it was funny because that was i think when the first season came out some of the uh some of the you know 
the negative Nancy's out there uh, were just like what they're referencing. It's like, it's like, yeah, that's what they were. They're like, they just referenced old stuff. I'm like, no, it was our, it's old stuff it's old like, because it's, it already happened. And that's like, they're, you know, um, people tend to think that like, you know, culture stops, but like, you know, culture is constantly no. renewed and we have to like, you know, use it and pick what we want to make jokes out of it. And that's, I remember um, there's like, I was so happy to get it in. In in um, I remember like uh, when we when we like were working on the the riffs for um, Atlantic Rim, and I wanted to like there was like a guy in a bowler shirt with like spiky black hair and sunglasses when like you know one of the robots comes on the beach and he stands up <laughs> and I and I go like somebody. You know, like, <laughs> I I remember that because I used to do that at work on the walkie-talkie. Yeah. Like, call for somebody, and then I go, and they go, yeah, yeah, I act like it was an emergency. I go, somebody wants <laughs> just to drive people insane. And when he stood up, I'm like, that guy looks like the people from Smash Mouth. And then you did that. It was like such a fun. I was like, and it was perfect. You didn't beat it into the ground. You didn't keep yes. coming back to it. It was so it's just that's the beauty of the show and it was funny there's like the day that we you know that i i wrote that we me and elliot kind of put that as a script that on the um i tweeted i was like i finally got uh, a somebody smash mouth reference into an episode and then i remember some guy like retweet goes like this is the problem with the new mystery science theater like it's like <laughs> why do we need these new references i was like that is already like a 20 year old reference all, that's already isn't a new reference we've been yeah. one of them for over a decade yes yeah exactly wow i that that's unfortunate because i, I as it was going on and i was seeing the the momentum pick up and i was like oh man they're gonna do these shows it's gonna be great in the back of my head part of me was like the fan base, like the real fan base for Mystery Science Theater, like from when I, because I've gone to the Rift Tracks live things yeah. and, the, and the theater and, and even in LA, there's like 14 people in the theater, but the Nashville theater that they're doing it from is packed, you know? Yeah. And, and even then I'm like, oh, the fans, if you like this, if you like the show, you understand the show. So yeah. you're going to like it. At, you're going to like this version of it too. And when I saw that there were people who weren't, liking it i was like what do you not like what is so hard for you to swallow that's that much different yeah change change is tough um especially like you know like the kind of stuff we like we like it a lot because it's like finite you know there's a reason you know we we like you know uh movies and tv and all that stuff more than we like sports sports is constantly renewal and it's constantly changing and there's you never know what's going to happen and that's why a lot of you know, people who like sports, that's what they get off on. Yeah. Um, but then there's that other side of the kind of, uh, you know, nerd brain of just like, I like this and I know this. And this, like, you know, Star Wars will never change. And then it starts to change and then people get oh, upset. People lose their mind. Like, yeah. when new people come in and start to create new storylines, like, I recently just rewatched all the Star Wars movies because I hadn't done that in a long time. And I was like, man, they can really keep going with this like yes you know and and people you're gonna have it just amazes me that of all like i know people want to be negative they want to jump on the bandwagon of hating something and shitting all over it and pissing on people's parades but like i didn't i was really kind of sad when i saw people doing that to mystery science theater because i felt like that's a that's a thing that like like if you're in you're in you know like there are i have friends when i discovered that show in high school or middle school high school and showed it to other friends they were like get this fucking out of here what is this? like nobody 
but me and my dad could sit there and die laughing and my brother yeah. loved it it's just one of those things like i felt yeah, like I, I get it a bit yeah like it's like and i you know we've had because like part of the liking something is like getting to argue about it that stuff yes, is, is yeah. very fun you know um uh and also you know you and i have been in comedy long enough to know that like the first joke you think of is usually the most negative or mean joke. <laughs> like yeah. that, like when you're hanging with your friends, like you're not like, like, you know, when someone's wearing like a shirt, you know, you're like, you're not going to go like nice shirt asshole. You know, like you're going to, you're going to, yeah. it's like, that's the instinct to just kind of go be punchy. Bust some balls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that's what I realized as I kind of got older, I was like, I was like my first, like, don't say the first joke because it'll be mean. Uh, and I say, and, and I, I mean that in like, you know, being in a marriage essentially but like (laughs) (laughs) that's how you learned it you're like yeah don't say say the first thing you're thinking because that's fucking wrong yeah yeah, exactly this your brain is like this what about this one you're like it's like basically like the 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 joke writer in your brain uh the first guy is just gill like just trying to get a joke in that's like what about this one boss gill (laughs) you really need a joke in here um but yeah so it's like the and I was ready for that. And it was funny. I was telling Joel, I was like, I'm really nervous about what people are going to, you know, say, because it's like, you know, by and large, I, and it, I don't know if it was the truth or was what my perception of it was. Like, I was like, people don't really like me um, on the internet. Like, it's like the, the, the Nerdist fans, I'm like, I'm number three on their list of, uh, you know, their favorite. It's like, but, you know, this is just the way we, you know. Sure. That's how you're, that's how you're breaking it down. Yeah, and I'm just kind of going like it's like they're not gonna like me, Joel. And he's like, he's like, he's like, hey man, I picked you because I know you're the guy that can handle the fire. And 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 when you you're always gonna have like when you think about like the Daily Show, I you know I was when I started watching that Craig Kilborn was yep. the undisputed champion of that show. There was no one that could host that show. Like, and then they put John Stewart, and John Stewart's had all these failed shows. And it's yeah. like, I mean, I like his comedy, but am I going to like him on this? And his first episode, I was like, ooh, he's not good. <laughs> Dude, he ended up being fucking awesome. He changed yeah. that show for the better. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's the the idea of, and I remember kind of like, because I like wasn't sure about Mike when he showed up. Well, like, you know, when yeah. I was originally watching the show. And it's, like, it was like, I was like, who is this? I mean, I know he's from the sketches, but can he handle the, uh, you know, it's like, and, you know, people always ask, like, after a while, like, everyone's like, are you Joel or Mike? I was like, how can you even choose? You know, it's. I, I agree. I, I would never choose because they're just two very, um, they're just, they were both perfect in the role. I thought they both did such an awesome job. Yeah. My main joke from when I was going, I was like, I was like, whatever happens with me as the, uh, you know, the, the main guy uh, for Mr. Science Theater um at least i will have done a job that no one else could do unite the joel and mike people <laughs> <I'd say you. laughs> yeah yeah the enemy of my enemy oh uh, dude. but they really um just the idea that the, the host can change like this thing can keep going i just i, I that really I, I was kind of bummed that netflix made the choice i mean i'm sure you were bummed too but to yeah. not pick it up but like I also don't see this as an end of anything, you know. No, um, you know, Joel's still trying to figure stuff out, and um, he's always kind of scheming. And there are places that th- there are ways this can work, and there are ways this can keep going. And you know, it's uh, I'm you know, if whatever happens, I am extremely like you know grateful and proud to be. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's when you get into showbiz, 
like, you know, there's a lot of um, versions of what your dreams were. And it's like, it's never like one-to-one. It's never like, it's like, it's always like, it's like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm like acting in a, like a thing. Like, it's like, this is kind of like what I thought it would be, or, you know, it's like, it is kind of like this, it kind of like that. And then with Mr. Stein's theater, like, uh, I was, I was like, oh, this is literally the thing. It's not like a version of the thing. Like, you know, it's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> like dream my version of Mr. Show was hidden America. Like, you know, it's like the interconnected idea of a sketch show. Um, you know, my version of, uh, like a stand-up show, like, you know, the A-list or, you know, evening right. like, was the meltdown like i had versions of the stuff going on but then like i got to do i just got to do the thing like i remember the year prior i had worked really hard to try and get an snl like uh like you know like i i like had the audition i sent in the tapes you know like they asked they asked to see more i got a call but you know like yeah and it never you know never happened and like uh i was just and then all of a sudden i get you know this opportunity to do mr science theater and it's you know it's like i'm like wait hold on like know over a hundred people have been on uh saturday night live yeah there's only been three hosts and i'm one of them that was like a huge huge thing and also to realize like the full circle time is a flat circle kind of like idea like it's like holy shit i am on this show because of this show like this is one of the things that inspired me to get into doing this stuff from the get-go and then all of a sudden pack like i'm back like i'm in it all of a sudden and time I mean, that's, that's gotta be mind-blowing dude because it's that's like like you said like we we have these ideas of like oh what we can what path we're going to take in entertainment and then the thing that made you want that'd be like if somehow i got to work on uh dana carvey on turkey television yeah. i don't know if you remember that at all, but that was like the first stand-up i ever saw and i was like oh my fucking lord what is this and i was chopping broccoli and it blew my mind yeah but like if it to be like uh, for that to come full circle is that's like you know that's like a Derek Jeter retiring after a game winning hit it's like it's like a it's very story uh, fairy tale it's very fairy yes. tale yeah and i'd say it's like a literal dream come true and it's it's just and i feel so fortunate too because of the you know i was i was getting i was worried of course because i'm a fan and like i didn't want to yeah. like you know i, I don't want to be a part of the bad you don't want to think you don't want to yeah it. you don't want people to fucking hate the show because of something you did yeah and even before the show started people were going like it's like you're gonna like you know, tweeting at me you're gonna ruin my favorite show and i was like wait then i'd be ruining my favorite show and that that, that you know doesn't work which it's is why a fan you know. makes sense to have a fan of the show as the host you know what i mean and, and I think, you know, it's like, it, it came like, and everyone came at it that way. You know, it's uh, Elliot Kalin, who was the head writer at The Daily Show with Jon Stewart for years. Like, he was our head writer, and he was in, he was incredible. And getting Joel's like, you know, you have to have a rapport. Like, you don't have time, really, to, like, have you develop a, like, a, you know, a rapport. Relationship, with, you know, yeah. Yeah, and so he's like, who are the guys you think should be Crow and Servo? And, like, I, you know immediately it was just like i was like hampton is crow he's always been crow really he's, like he's always reminded me of crow of just this nihilistic you know nasally you know yeah. psychopath um and and then like uh he's like all right well, what about servo i was like i was like i think it's like when i think of like a guy who's like suave and Dude. like you know musical theater and can sing and can do impressions of singers i was like like baron vaughn is my it's like they were already my crow and servo in my life he's so fucking i mean hampton's great i'm not taking anything away but but yeah. baron 
I, I mean, that is just such a, that's, that's fine casting. That's well done. You know Thank what I mean? you. And you, I like how you sort of based like the, your friend's personalities sort of fit the personalities that you knew that the robots had. Yeah. Already, kind of. So that's, you didn't go against anything. You kind of just, these guys fit those characters anyway. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a huge thing. Like the, again, it, you can kind of, if you know anything about it, you can tell you guys are already have chemistry. You, know, you already know each other. You already play well off each other. So I think that was smart. You know, we don't have time to fucking cast two guys that you don't know mm-hmm. to write these jokes that are coming at you at a thousand miles an hour that if you don't pay attention to, you're going to miss like half of them. So, yeah, no, we got, we, it was so fast, the production. And it's funny too, because when I see an episode or watch an episode from that first season, I, I, like, I, I know myself well enough to where I go, Oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared and rushed. This Like, it's like, I'm like, out of my mind, like that whole first season. Yeah. And like, it's like, you know, and that's why I'm so glad we got to do, if anything, like we got to do the gauntlet season because I think uh, everybody, like the writers, um, like I know in the writer's room, I was a bit more confident. I know Elliot was, I know Tammy Golden was, and Matt Oswald. I know it's like, you know, and even the people like with the, like the designs, like Matt McGinnis and Joel and everybody that are working on it, everyone came at it like it's like, okay, we stuck the landing. Now let's do it like right on and see like my performance and I see everyone else like just kind of like, I'm glad I got to do that because I feel that was like my, of course yeah. I would like to redo some sketches from the first season. But yeah, you know? but again, you're going to be your own, own worst critic. And, it, yeah. and as a person watching it, not connected to working on the show, I didn't see anything that was glaring like, Oh dude, he's out of his element. He doesn't, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, none of that, dude. It was, I'm telling you, it's the most seamless cast chain of a show it's like Brian Johnson taking over for Bon Scott and ACDC. It, just, <laughs> it, was, like, it was seamless, dude. You're just like, oh, okay, this is the new thing. But I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to know the basic shit that I'm sure other people want to know, which is like, what would be your favorite movie that you guys got to riff? That um, we, the, the favorite that I would want to riff or that we got to riff? Oh, good. First of all, yeah. You're better at this than me. No. Let's start with the one that you did, your favorite one that you've done, and then the one that you would love love to do in the future. Um, I have like for, I have a couple like answers for the first one. Um, uh, Youngery um, from season one, uh, the Korean uh, Godzilla movie. That felt to me like when we were writing that one and working on that felt like to me like classic. Um, classic mst so there was yeah. a very like very i had a lot of excitement doing that one i uh i hated reptilicus so much and i was just like yeah. this i don't like this movie i don't want this to be the first one like i was very like really you know uh overly analytic of it and i'm yeah, I, you I know reference that movie repeatedly throughout the rest of the I hear yeah, reptilicus. i mean like you know it's still fun and like it's like yeah. you no know, and it had the rap that i had to learn that paul and storm did and you know which is like still forever in my head <laughs> um but like it's like you know, I, I just, I was like, I was like, I don't really like the movie, but I loved Yangri because it felt like an MST movie. It felt, it was like an old Asian monster movie. Yeah. And it, you know, like it could, it's like our Gamera or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, but like when it came to, um, like my favorite riffing experience, it was probably, it had to be Mac and me. Dude. Um, it's it just like it that was movie. My God, the movie, and it's like a movie that like I knew about and had seen parts of, and kind of remembered some of it. 
I only knew because Paul Rudd used to show that clip of the kid on the wheelchair every time he was promoting yeah. a movie on Conan. That's and I was right. Like, yeah. What the fuck is this? And I look at him, I'm like, what? I remember it was on TV every once in a while when I was growing up, and I was just like, it's like a terrible movie. Um, and those are um, those are very much '80s movies, like A Boy in a Something. That's why I love uh, Cry Wilderness so much from the uh, the you know the Return season because it's like you know it's that classic '80s, a boy and his monster, a boy and his thing, you know. Um, but uh but like it was it was one of those things where i was like mac and me is probably the most famous movie that um hold on let me put the cat outside real quick eh? <laughs> pretty nice get out of here <clears throat> all right um the uh the cat hates mystery science theater um <laughs> can't please uh, yeah uh but uh, the uh like Mac and me, like I was just like, it's like this one we have to because people know about this and people have seen it. And we knew that Netflix wanted to announce the movies before the season this time. They wanted to last time. Bill didn't want them to like he like he loves the idea of surprise. He doesn't want people he wants it like kind of the show to also be like it's like, and here's something you've never heard of. Yeah, you know, don't go kind of, watch it first and then yeah, like, then yeah. you're gonna like it's like you know, you then you're gonna go what they should have said. Yeah, no, no, no. The, 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 to me, it's like you see it. I read it. Maybe I'll read a description of a show of one before mm-hmm. I watch it. But then I, I'm like, let's see what you know. It's all. Yeah. About Joel always calls it like the. It's like it's like someone taking you through the haunted house. Yeah. It's like because we're the guides through this. You know this thing, this horrific thing. But um, me and Elliot, uh, Elliot and I, uh, Elliot Kalen, we we kind of we really you put in as much work as you can in everything you do. I mean that's like that's just what being a creative is. It's like you know you pour everything too much. You know, uh, like to in every aspect of like anytime you're making something, you know. That. Um, well, especially something that you love this much already, beyond being involved, you already love this thing. So it's, yeah, and and we wanted to like words. It's like it's like this is going to be the one that people are going to watch. If they, you know, it's like we got to try. We got to make this one tight. We got to make this one good. Um, and so that one was like a really great experience because it was also just because it was like an '80s movie and it was like. It's like we knew the references we could make that would just perfectly because we experienced that time of, you know. Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You live in that time mm-hmm. for the most part. So it's different than watching something that you were so far removed from on a personal level. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, it's like we were able to kind of do it's like, hey, you got like, uh, you got your Mac and me and my ET ripoff. No, you got your poltergeist and my uh, ET. You know, it's like all that kind of, um, yeah. like all that very specific stuff. And, and just, I don't know, we had so much fun. And so, like, that was really just, as far as writing the riffs, yeah. uh, it was my favorite movie to do. I mean, that's uh, really yeah. good. It's That gauntlet, I mean, the, the, the comeback season, the return season, I thought was phenomenal. And the gauntlet, I was, I personally just slightly disappointed at these short amount of episodes. Yeah. But love the concept of the, mar- the kind of the Thanksgiving marathon day being all connected. Yeah, being ever, you know, that was that was neat to me because you could do that in a day if you wanted to, you know. Yeah, there was a you know there there was Netflix had you know essentially stayed out of it for the uh, you know the first and and for the sixty they're just like you know we looking at the analytics we can see people kind of they called it uh, getting lost in the enchanted forest it's like they kind of would wander into this the show and not really know if they could skip around or how much of it. It's like, did they have to watch the whole? And so they kind of like they saw the drop off, and so they wanted. Um, and also, you know, like 
there was the, the thing we did in the first season with like those kind of commercial breaks because like the idea of what people are used to watching them on the yeah the moon yeah, yeah exactly and that was all kind of just like, you know to kind of have that rhythm of the commercial break of the show and Netflix just said don't worry about that like make them shorter just like uh, make them a little shorter you know make them tighter and then we'll do like six and then people will run through it and apparently they did but like it was like apparently like people just like went and watched that season really fast and like and quicker than they did six episodes of the first season yeah but you know you never really it's just a it's you know it's also a very specific show it is it is it is i i feel maybe starting with mac and me on the gauntlet if if someone had never seen the show and they saw that one and they are of you know my age or around the time you know that could easily gotten someone very addicted to the show like now is you know that joel wanted that mac and me to be last that's a very funny uh like a uh, fight that's like didn't get into a lot of fights me and elliot would get into fights all the time about like no, we have to start humming this part of the Back to the Future theme during this oh, part of the movie. I was yeah. like, no, it has to be da, 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 da. like like he's like, no, it has to be like da, da, da. you know, it's all that. There's many fights like that in any kind of writer's room. Um, like those just dumb details. Like, like, no. really specific though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like the fight where Joel's like, uh, again, we're kind of riding the stuff. I was like, yeah, man, like Macamy's feeling really good. It feels like a really good riff. He's like, he's like, he's like, totally. I think so too, man. The the script the script is coming together really well with that one. I think, you know, it's like we're gonna put that one last. We're gonna build up to that episode because that's gonna be the banger. I was like, I, uh uh wait, what? And he goes, It's like he's like, Yeah, man, you you know, it's like a stand-up set. You you start your set with your second best joke, and then you end your set with your best joke. Uh, and I was like, Okay, but uh n- in this reality that we're living in right now, some could just skip to the last joke if they wanted to, kind of messing up the storyline idea we have with the gauntlet. You know, right. yeah. and he's like, oh, wow. I was like, and he wanted to start the season with um, uh, Atlantic Rim. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, no, no, we can't because those are the, that's the obvious. It's, it, it is kind of the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. and then, um, and there is the theme of the whole season, which is all like the, you know, the, like the sea level ripoffs of different movies and, um, you know, like Killer Fish is Jaws or Piranhas even. And then, yeah, like, and then, uh, Lords of the Deep is not Leviathan, but, and not Deep Space Six, but like, yeah. not a, a little below that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he was just like, he's like, no, I really feel strongly about this, man. And I was like, Joel, you, this is my this is my time in the industry right now, and I'll tell you, people are gonna like start from the top. If you put Mac and me, I know that I know that like that people know this movie. They're gonna skip to episode six, and it's gonna feel off. I, w- I would have personally. Yes, I would have exactly. And that, and then he like he's like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about it, and don't you think it would be better if uh, we started with Mac and me? I was like, and. <laughs> That's the best idea you've had all day. Yeah, exactly. It's like I've had enough like jobs in entertainment where you just have to seed, you have to seed it. And I used, I remember I was working on a cartoon once, and I would say an idea, and the guy would be like, "I don't know," you know, the boss, the you know, the showrunner. And then maybe later in the day, maybe the next day, I'd be like, "Did you have some idea about that thing?" And I would just reference my idea, and he's like, "Yeah, we should do that. Do you want to do that?" Make people think it's their idea, and they will go along with you every single time. Exactly. I'm sure Joel will deny that. He'll be like, I gave you credit. I was like, ah, man. But, but also, I mean, you know, that's, it's kind of, um, it was smart that he 
let you let that decision win out. You know yeah. what I mean? Personally, because yeah. you're, I think you're hundred percent correct. I would have gone because I did know what Mac and me was. Although I was familiar with an Atlantic rim enough that I might've watched that first, but then I would have skipped to six. It would have thrown yeah. the rhythm of, of the, 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 everything in between. It would have thrown all yeah. that off for me, but exactly. But yeah. Um, uh, I wanted a really quick, what was my, I had one more thing I wanted to, Oh, just, um, the writing process, I guess I didn't realize how many guest writers you guys get in there. Yeah, well, the so the the guest writing thing, it's so funny because, you know, a, a, that first season, a lot of that was um, kind of do like for the Kickstarter. Like, hey, look, we got these guys, you know, yeah. this guy, that girl, like um, uh, not everybody, not every one of those writers wrote on every episode. Um, they had one riff here, one riff there. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you know, everyone gives their riffs. Um, and then there's also the writer's room session when you have you have those riffs kind of ready to go. And then everyone gets in the writer's room. And then people like uh, there's a smaller group of writers. And then they, you know, we're going, we have the list and this it's all in a spreadsheet. It's like the it's like the most mathematical comedy has ever been. It's all in a spreadsheet with time codes of the script. And then, like, and yeah, because like the software we use, is all kind of very specific. And and so, you know, we're kind of going through it and, you know, we'll have like uh, one of the writers kind of like, we'll like kind of throw out and kind of pitch, like we'll watch uh, 15 minutes of the movie, about 12 minutes maybe. Uh, and everyone kind of is pitching their jokes or with the jokes they liked from the, you know, the submissions and stuff like that and kind of building it that way. And then it's like, okay, let's go again. And then, you know, let's see if we can kind of tag on anything. And then we watch the 15 minutes again saying, okay, let's just ruin this. Let's just like, get that vibe of people in the room hanging out. Um, and then like, that's like, so everyone kind of, you know, put notes down and then everyone's just kind of like, what's, what's just happening as we're paying attention and riffing off of each other. And you, you have, you know, someone kind of, you know, like a writer's assistant kind of like taking your, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then, and then there's the, and then we kind of talk about, okay, so this, this is going to end up lead into a sketch and then everyone kind of pitches sketch ideas, uh, of what it would be um, or what it could be and, you know, this and that. And, um, and sometimes those are a little, sometimes there's like a, from Joel, like there will be a, like a, it's like, Hey, I, I came up with this thing. Like it's like, he'll come up with a prop of some sort um, or an idea, a basic idea. And then we kind of have to like write to that idea uh -huh. uh, or sometimes there's a song. And so that will go to a bit with uh, to Paul and storm. will be the ones to kind of put that together. Um, and then most of the writers leave and then, uh, it would end up being me uh, with our team. Cause there was a East coast team as well with Joel. And then there was us in LA. Oh, wow. So you guys weren't in the same, uh, spot doing this. Uh, well, like there was like, we'd, uh, essentially, so it's like, and then we, they would work on a uh, movie. We would work on a movie. Oh, wow. And then, um, uh, wow. when we were done, we'd swap them and then do another pass. So these were like, kind of like comb through. Yeah. And sometimes wow. it would be like, you go like, I don't get why this joke is in here. I don't understand that. And, there, and because it's like, maybe it seemed it was so specific to the room in that moment at that time, like you had to be there. And then there's the idea of like, oh, can we recreate what you guys found funny about that? Yeah. In, in that, or do we have Otherwise, to like, do we pick it out? Yes. And other people are like, what, why is this in here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but so like, so when the group, all the writers leave, it's about like a half a day at this point. Uh, you know, about 2 p.m. starting at like, you know, 10 a.m. Um, and then it would be Elliot, Kalen, and I uh, with everyone's jokes. 
um, you know, like all the jokes that were submitted, all the jokes that were in the, uh, you know, the writer's room that we came up with uh, while riffing. And then there's the arduous process of going, okay, uh, starting from the, starting from the top. Uh, and then you realize how much more writing has to take place at that point, because everyone's always going to have the same jokes, not the same jokes. Everyone's going to have jokes for the same moment. Yeah. And then you kind of like, you know, and usually decides of any kind of comedy writer's room. It's like, it's like, everyone's like, that's the one, or you'll see yeah. someone making this, everyone makes the same type of joke, but then there's like a moment after that. That's just, no one had anything. Cause it's just someone walking across a field or but someone just yeah. kind of walking through a house and nothing's happening and no one, you know, really paused to see if there was, you know, something funny in the background or, or this fight scene goes on along. So there's like, it'll be these like, you know, 30 second, 45 second gaps. And that's when the real tough work starts to happen. You're like, okay, uh, what are we doing here? And because you, you, you don't want to go too long. You know, in the first season we went like real hard, like real hard with like the amount of jokes. We wanted to relax it a bit on the second season, but it's still like, you don't like realize it's like, it's just, you know, you and some other person kind of, and then like, if there's a, like a long scene, that's like where there's no dialogue because dialogue, you can always kind of, you know, Oh, give me a gap. Give me yeah. a gap after something. We'll find something funny for that person to say. Um, and then, but if there's like a long sequence of no dialogue, you kind of have to start going, okay, well, what's the, what's the bigger sketch we can kind of do within the riffs? Like uh, what's a conversation that can happen between me and the bots? What's a conversation like, a, or like, can we do a song here or can we, or it's like, are we going to do like a list thing of like, what do you think that guy is up to? Like, or like, you know, just there's all these kind of different ways you can do a sketch within the riffs. Yeah. And so you, that's, that's one of them. Um, but then there's also kind of keeping track of the, it's so, it's so much to like, it's so mathematical, but like you start to go, wait, hold on. That's a great joke. But the last three jokes we did, the last three riffs were all like references right to the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, it's like, it was like a music reference, a TV reference and a movie reference. You're like, we can't just keep on referencing stuff. We, it's like, or it's like, oh, we just did three in a row of like talking as if we were that character, you know, that just that, like, it's like, that's, that's a bit too much. So you have to kind of really make sure there's a variety within the riffs themselves that it's not too much of one type of riff. Yeah. I mean, the, the, what people I don't think understand is like, if you were just, cause you know, there's always going to be people, me and my friends make fun of movies. We're really funny. And yeah, but like what you're saying is like, it's the same joke over and over again. And yeah, that'll be funny for you and your buddies. But if like, you're trying to appeal to a, a bigger audience of strangers, you can't just keep saying the same thing. And the, and the quickness and the fact that you guys don't beat a dead horse and you don't come back to the joke over and over again, unless it is like when they, you know, Mitchum or Mitchell or whatever that, but shit like that is, is rare and specific to the movie. So, um, I, I don't know. I just, there's, there's just something with like, like you said, the smash mouth thing, it was quick. It was like, boom, see it. You hear it laughing. Hope you don't miss the next thing, but we never go have to go back to smash mouth. Yeah. We don't have to. Like, that. Yeah. It's like, and, but sometimes if it's a main character, you kind of, you know, you, there's that thing too, where you kind of start projecting, you know, uh, sketch characters on one of the actors in the movie. Uh, you know, we did that with uh, the loves of Hercules uh, where it's like, and I didn't really see it as much as everyone else did, but like the, like the Hercules in that, like they said, Oh, he looks so much like Eddie Vedder. And so there was like, you know, he like, he pounds through like a door and it's like, can't find a better. <laughs> and in my head, I was just like, I was like, I didn't really see it, but then like, you know, but, but everyone else did. So you kind of have to, 
you have to go. And even like, if it's just a little bit, and you do a voice, and it's, I mean, and then you've just you've just painted like for the the viewing audience, you've just painted you've that. that guy Eddie better. Like yes, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Well, there was and with, with the repetitive stuff too. I remember with uh, uh, like with with Mac and me, the the pretty nice yeah, thing that every day. Yeah, it's like I do cameos. I do cameos uh, as my side hustle. Um, but like, it's like it's always like, uh, "Hey, my twelve-year-old is like uh, having a birthday." It's like uh, he says, "Pretty nice," all the time. Could you say that? And so, that's awesome, though. But like, but that was a thing where it's like you know that was no one wrote any jokes about pretty nice. No one submitted. No one happened in the. But when we were watching it we noticed like how weird it was the way he said it and like why yeah. it's like lots of cars pretty like that's so, <laughs> so like and there was and then like it was a thing where it's like we were so excited in the room that like we like i like i was i wanted it like so many more times because <laughs> you're laughing and it's just i just love it and, like elliot's like well we don't want to beat a dead horse you know we got to be yeah. very specific and the one thing i fought on that we i lost the fight but like um, in the scene when uh, um, you know uh, me from Mac and me, other uh, when the kid uh, is falling like off the cliff, like the, in his wheelchair, um, I wanted to throw in another one where he's just as he's falling, he's like pretty nice. <laughs> Although I'm guessing most of the viewers were thinking that as it happened, you know what I, I mean? I hope so. Pretty nice. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Okay. So, oh, that was, I wanted to talk about the writing process just because it interested me. I just, you know, it seems like, oh, it's just these three guys and they sit in a room and watch this movie a couple of times and they make jokes and then they go. And, and when the show started, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. The early <clears> stuff. And you see how much dead air is in those first couple seasons. <laughs> just Absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and, and again, it's, it, it's, you guys don't just fill it up with nonsense. It's like, it's all specific. It's very, like you said, it, now that you say it's mathematical, it, I can see how there's probably a formula that helps you guys get, get through that process, you know? Yeah, and it's always evolving too, as you're doing it. Like, it's like, not everything is a finite. It's like, it's like, we have to do this type of joke here because sometimes you have to like usurp expectation. It's just like any kind of comedy. And then the magic act, like any standup or anything like that is like have, performing it as if it's like happening right now saying it haven't said it a thousand times and you're not yeah. a robot like yeah you know. yeah exactly and uh, or you might be a robot in this case, well, uh, in this case <laughs> you just can't necessarily sound like one yeah but the uh the um it is a very like specific and and i had no idea like i had no idea how much work it was like because i you know i i i've written on shows i'd written on like you know you know different clip shows and sh you know shit like that and then like kind of like going it's like it's like I kind of have to kept on saying it's like, well, you wanted to, you didn't want to only see how the sausage was made. You wanted to, see, you wanted to make it yourself. Yeah, you wanted to be a sausage maker, so here yeah, you, you go. Yeah, you get on the killing floor, and you wanted to gut, like you know. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's it's a process, man. But I, for one, am very grateful that you guys put yourselves through that because just as a fan, I can't tell you how, like, I, I watched reruns of the show until two thousand four, and then mm -hmm. when I couldn't find anywhere i was like ah so i just started buying the dvds and then i would i'm specifically i love devil doll from the earlier years yeah. it's one of the movie poster in my living room um and there's just some specific movies i really like but you guys just did such a great job and i think t when you mentioned cameos for a child it's like it's a family show 
it's, it's a not, family show. It's yeah. Dirty. You guys aren't me- making even in the movie they did in '96. I think they said dickweed was the only real uh, swear. They say shit uh, version of shit uh, uh, two or three times. Um, I just talked to Trace and uh, Kevin about it because um, oh, wow. I did like I'm doing a podcast now called Let Me Watch Your Movie With You, where I just like do basically commentary on movies with people that were involved. And um, so I did Mr. Sensei of the movie with Trace and Kevin. Oh and wow! I, yeah, and I was like, I was like, tell me about, tell me about the shit. Like, it's like, was it? Did you guys want to do that? They're like, well, we figured it's like, you know, it's gonna be PG thirteen no matter what. So this is something you did that is online now. No, I just recorded it last week. It'll probably come oh. out like in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, dude, that is fantastic. Um, yeah. I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. And yeah, yeah. And you no, know, like, because when I think about it, I found the show because my dad was in the living room. He goes, "Hey, come here," and I went in, and he was like. I gotta start watching shitty movies. And he's like, <laughs> he, thought the, he thought the silhouette thing, he, it cracked him up. He was like, look at this guy's got fucking robots. He was like, he was just blown away that like somebody had the same, they could take this, his same taste and like that shitty kind of movie making and, and go and riff on it. Like he loved making fun of movies. So yeah. Him, yeah. And again, it was a thing. It was on comedy central. Anybody could see it. It wasn't dirty. It wasn't, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the thing I hear about the most is this, you know, people kind of going like, you know, I watched this show with my parents when I was growing up, and now I'm getting to watch these new episodes with my kids. And like, you know, that's something that, like, it's, there's nothing better than that. You know how we, when we were young, like, you know, like, shitty attitude comics, like, it's like, you there's all, you always have the conversations, like, you get old, you have kids, you just like, stop being yeah, funny. funny. Yeah. yeah, and we kind of like, really projected that a lot. And then, you kind of like, you know, I, I'm not having kids, but like, it's like, but like, you know, my, my friends have kids and they said that like, my friends love, like my friends, kids love the show. And like, and so I'll, sometimes I'll, you know, put on the glass, like, like recently Moshe Kasher, uh, his uh, nephew was like, you know, like having like a tough go or something like that from lockdown. He's like, would you mind like doing like a Jonah Heston like video and saying hi? Like, and that it's like, that's the, when you get to, as much as we break down all the stuff we do, if it's narcissism or what, or a weird childhood or what, whatever's driving us really like the thing I'm finding is like, Oh my God, like I'm making people happy. And like when you're, when you're doing a, like a thing to stoke out a kid, there's the, like, that's the truest form of just like, Oh my God, I'm literally getting to do that. Like the thing that this show helped me with when I was a kid, the you show that now. Made me happy, now I can do that. Yeah, it there is when you get involved in entertainment and comedy, especially and acting and just being in Hollywood and trying to carve a path, um, it can get lost that that thing that was in you that made you like, why did I want to do be involved in comedy? Because when I make someone laugh, it fucking makes me feel good. You yeah. know what I mean? And and what is wrong with sharing that and like getting it out there but then you get you know you move out here you're in your 20s you're like yeah fuck that and i'm better than this How's that guy getting commercials and fuck you and, and everybody's an asshole and everyone's a backstabber and they're all out to get me and then you go through your fucking crazy lunatic phase or your drug phase or whatever you go through and if you make it out on the other end you're like oh i got into this for a real reason that i might not even have been aware of at the time mm-hmm. i might have been like, ah, i like movies i want to be in them but like deep down that connection of watching someone, making someone laugh and like seeing my dad laugh at mystery science theater or at Laurel and Hardy or whatever it was when I was a kid, that fucking sticks in here. You know, yeah. it's like, 
and 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 again it's a selfish it's it, it sounds selfish but it's like i want to make i want to entertain people because i know that when i'm entertained i feel good and when yeah. i can make people feel good it makes me feel even better than when i'm just entertained yeah and it's a thing where it's like you know we it's we want that and we want to like i want to help how do i help like i'll you know like what can I we think, do with this gift to to do something worthwhile yeah i think charlie kaufman said um the best i can i gotta remember the quote because i love it but it's like the it's i the gist of it is a like the best form of art makes someone feel less alone they do and and mystery science theater is i mean just you look at the crowds that come out for the live shows that you guys yeah, do yeah. and yeah. i mean comic-con must have been fucking insane and mind-blowing because you bring oh sorry you just you just froze all right um okay so my power just went out really sorry about that interruption um but what i was saying was that when i think i was in the middle of saying like when something is that that we you know we lose touch with what we get in the entertainment industry and it's uh kind of can be a selfish thing where you get to make people feel good and in turn you get to feel good and with mystery science theater it's like <clears throat> it's a that's what it is it's a it's just that it it's fun it can <clears throat> excuse me people will bond over it um you know your friends that love it love it there's no middle mm -hmm. ground it's not like oh mystery science theater i sort of like it it's like <laughs> if you if you watch it there's no sort of liking it you fucking love it otherwise how are you sitting through a movie with fucking three idiots making fun of it the whole time like <laughs> you can't there's just no way um but i hope um i hope there's more live shows i hope you guys do another season somewhere else um i'm really happy that you guys got to do it i it was really well done and uh stuck with what the show was and really didn't want to be man thanks man i mean like it, it really like i've said before it was it's the best thing and it's it, i feel it's always a, um a testament to um you know really celebrate the things you love and and be vocal about them and because like i constantly i, I put out two stand-up records and they're both uh the titles of them were lines from the mystery science theater movie i did hello mr magic playing person hello and this is crazy mix up plumbing you know it's like i like it's like you know to uh to quote to quote uh, the Minuteman, um, uh, 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 hey, Mr. Narrator, this is Bob Dylan to me. And you know, it's uh, like, this stuff is the stuff that's like as important to me as like, you know, one of the most influential guys of all time. This yeah. is like, we're now Mystery Science Theater. This stuff is, this stuff means something and it matters. And it's, a, it's like, if you really just the passion like you know if you let that passion fly and celebrate it and not be worried about what people think about it and like it's like it will lead you towards um the things that you want to do in your life if like it creatively or just i think emotionally and and also when you do something with that much love it can't you can't fail like mm -hmm. it, it, maybe netflix didn't pick it up but like hardly that that hardly makes it a failure do you know what i mean like, I, I would never yeah i've i it's like it all. I the way I've been saying it is like two seasons and then and then done. All right, cool. Now we're the British version of uh, right. Mr. Science Theater. But it, I, you know, I can feel it in my bones that that shit ain't over. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. gonna be, there's more to it. And now you're the guy. Mike likes you. Everyone involved likes you. The fans like you. It's like, you know, there, there's more to come. I'm sure. So yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't be luckier. I really can. Well, 
thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And um, if you got anything else you want to plug. No, no, this is this is great. This is no time for selfish plugs. This is the time to tell people to get on Netflix and watch the two seasons that are out with uh, Jonah, Hampton, and Barron. And I, if you don't laugh, God damn, you're dead inside. <laughs> but thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me, John. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll talk Longest we've ever talked. Longest it we've is. ever had a conversation. It is, dude. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I was like, are you guys like old friends? I was like, I was like, no, we've just known each other casually for probably 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've seen the shit that you get involved with, man. It's like weird out. Dude, I did a commercial with that guy. He was the nicest fucking dude the ever. Nice guy. Yeah, the nicest guy. And he's that's calling insane. you out when he gets his star on the Walk of Fame. Like, that's yeah. shit there, dude. That's <laughs> cute, you know? Yeah, it's so weird. That's great, though, man. Good yeah, for you. Thanks. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, all right. That was an awesome interview. God, yes. I, I really want to watch the show now. Like, I'm so I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope excited. that is literally the that's the effect I want it to have. I mean, uh, Jonah, that was, that was great that he was able to take the time to talk to us. And it's nice. I mean, that's the beauty of that show is that the love that it, it, it is literally something that can move forward as long as the right people get involved and the people right. that want to move it forward in the right way get involved. It's it's endless to me in my head, in my head. Right. Well, uh, I also, think Joan is the perfect person to have carried the torch, you know? Yeah. yeah. Again, a guy who loves the show, that's really who's going to put in the work. I mean, you heard all that shit they have to do to make one episode. Right. It's like... It's like, I, dude, I just, I just like watching, man. I just like watching. <laughs> um, and it was, I also want to mention it was nominated, the show itself nominated for two Emmys back in the mid nineties. Um, didn't win, lost to the Dennis Miller show both times. But I thought that was pretty interesting that people did recognize it f as art <laughs> right. at the time. Um, so thank you, Jonah. Um, and if you were looking, if you're looking for mystery science theater, you can see the app, the seasons with Jonah Ray, Baron and Hampton Yao on Netflix. Uh, one season is called the return. And then the second season is called the gauntlet, which is six episodes all in a row that the sketches intertwine with. And all, all, all of them are totally worth your time. If you have Netflix, they're yeah. all worth your time. And, and I also heard, uh, uh, there is a, uh, like a throwback, uh, season that they have on netflix i think where you well, can watch some oh. older episodes oh interesting that's what jonah because... was saying before the recording yeah oh okay i'm gonna i'll have to check that i, I didn't even know about that i i know that uh, on they, the yeah. tube on tubi t-u-b-i if you have that app on your tv um they have you can go search mystery science theater and they have a ton of movies to choose from can watch on demand and if you have the pluto tv app there's a mystery science theater channel and you can just go to that channel and it just streams episodes 24 hours a day so okay. i mean you get the i don't know how much more mystery science theater you can handle but uh um there's an avenue for you if you want it yeah <laughs> it's it's there it's there for the viewing it's there cool. for the viewing so um thank you guys so much for listening and uh i hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time 